Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Good morning and welcome to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws Season 8. And we're here with Kevin Spence from Vancouver. This is the 94th Street Cherber Eats, my home performance series, which today is in the back garden because it's a beautiful day, mm-hmm. full of birds, a little bit muggy, mm-hmm. but nonetheless delightful. And today I know I've already interviewed Kevin in person in Vancouver at what, being around the world? Yep, that's right, on Main Street. Right, yeah. the place that I thought was another place. And then we finally met up because I got lost, because that's what I do. So Kevin Spence is going to be here today to talk about performance and poetry because we didn't really talk about that in our interview. We talked about a specific poem and then we talked about his trajectory as a poet and we spoke about what he'd love to change or not about the Canadian poetry scene. So I'm very interested in, first of all, how did you get into performing your poetry in the way you do? Why, why did this become important to you? Um, it could be. One of the stories I can tell is seeing Bill Bissett mm-hmm. uh, perform live for the first time. This was in Guilford, the, Surrey, the Guilford Library in Surrey, which is where I grew up. And I think it was... Um, Oh, 2009 or something and I went and uh, a friend of mine had given me a book to pass along to him so it kind of made for a nice kind of connection the artist Mark Bell had dedicated something to him and I'd heard all the stories I'd seen him on online amazing and then to performer. hear him perform was amazing and my the skin just shook off my body as I listened to the kind of the strange kind of channeling his that chanting does. that he does his at the beginning chanting. oh yeah, so incredible it was and yeah. i met heidi greco there. yeah fantastic. also an amazing poet and writer and human being all right so the second question i want to ask you i'm just going to ask you three questions the second one is how are you such a good performer what have you done to nurture this gift hmm yeah uh good question i have done a lot of readings so um I'm not afraid to make like big, uh, grandiose pronouncements of what I'm going to do. Like I'm going to do a hundred venue reading tour of the country in 2014, and that gave me lots of opportunities to read some of the same material, but in very different environments. And in those very different environments, I would then try different things. Mm. So it's a lot of trial and error, mm. and taking um, risks, really taking risks, mm. and then also con- considering song and how different sounds can come uh, into play. Well, we were talking at the, uh, where were we talking? We were talking at Spinelli's before our event, and you were saying that you got a grant to study voice. Yeah. So how did that work out? So I worked with Vivian Hool, who's an improvisatory singer. She also does operatic, she does opera, and improv jazz kind of things. So it's, it's really wonderful. And she laughs like a dolphin. It's <laughs> kind of like, like it comes out of the top of her head. And you're like, oh, what's happening? Where's the sound coming from? She's really amazing. So Vivian Hool, I had this grant to work with Vivian Hool for a year. And that was where all the kind of hunches that I had of what I wanted to kind of explore got expressed. Mm. And she would play a little bit. Um, on her piano, and then we just make up sounds, and um, and I really, yeah, I'm not kind of, I'm not afraid to just try something, and I, I don't want to fail. I don't want to make people <laughs> uncomfortable. 
but it certainly, you know, and then I feel so horrible about it that it's fodder for a poem. So it's a cycle. See, There's the kind thing of is we're outside, here, so you could actually do even more. Like sometimes when you're in an enclosed space and you give it your all, it's like, whoa, what's going on, Kevin? But here you could just be totally yeah. free. Yes. Okay, so my third and last question is, why is it important to become a good performer as a poet? What does orality have to do with poetry? I love that question, and I love the idea of writing a poem for the page, and it's preserved. You, um, you know, Umberto Eco says the best thing for a writer to do after they've written their work is die. <laughs> so, so it's not to muddy Instantly. the interpretive waters, and then people are free to read it however they want. And that's, be that's a beautiful thing, not the death of writers, but just <laughs> the idea of people, you know, hearing what they want, of course. Yeah. But I think once you stand up in front of a group of people, then you have the opportunity to transform the work into something different, and you're kind of working in a different realm. And I love that opportunity of taking those words and singing or screaming or gib gibberishizing them in some Gibber jabbing. way. Gibber jabbering with them. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Well, we're going to hear a little bit of Kevin Spence shortly. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> My metaphors unmake her allegorical gusto, gambling mouth, glasses glinting high to the sun, sword swung questions, somersault quests, tongue that probes teeth and truth. If she fails to stroll before you, glaze mascal tinted subtleties, grow blueberries from abandoned moats, craft sites for queens and gunsels, transmogrify your hands to maps, mosey off of her own accord. You can blame my sing-song spatchcock, my bindlestick stock of words, my tin ear for heating, metallurgy of the dead. Blame my wingding displays of old flames, my possum water eyes, my cloudily enraptured brains. For I wandered, lonely as a clod, took my solarettes off around the trash can blaze, and I swear she's in a note. Above odds, bodkins, and train whistles, around the jackalope roast, until infinity flatlands full broke. <laughs> and, um, I was reading, um, what was I reading? Something Aleister Crowley kind of writing about um, backwards, like doing things backwards. And I was thinking, like, what subject matter fits a palindromic poem? And I thought, oh, well, every word in reverse is, can um, offer itself as a palindrome. So I kind of took some of that backwards thinking here, and then also 1980s metal. And, Woo! And the, the backlash against the devil in the United States. Deified. Warning! This record contains backward masking. House Resolution 6363, 1982. 
Once upon a time, before fake news, let's back up. Get this, the great beast 666 Paraduro, Anker Arhurso, the wickedest man in the world, wrote, Let the adept first train himself to think backwards by external means. Let him learn to write backwards with either hand. Let him learn to walk backwards and constantly watch, if convenient. Cinema, cinematograph rec films and listen to phonograph records reversed. Let him practice speaking backwards. Thus, for I am him, let him say, I am him. Reversed records. Phonographic film graphs cinema. The words are in my heart. 1935. First bit in a musical done backwards for fun. <laughs> Convenient if ah we such a fair weathered evil doer when the rain comes they run and hide their heads. Judas Priest hauled into court, slogged through a month for backmasking, try suicide. Let's be dead. Dial the truthers suckered the parents of those poor teens. Don't get me started. I'll break all of God's devil's decrees. Got it? Not. Let's not back before fake news is once upon a time. Don't get me started. I'll break all of God's devil's decrees. Let's not back before fake news is once upon a time. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.